Hello everybody, welcome back to Farscape Rewatch. I am your host, Can't Wear Hats, and with me is Red Nightmare. I'm very angry! Settle down, sir. Okay. Oh, it's the return of Dutch Hyper Rage. It's back again. Yep. <laughs> but yes, we are back again for another episode of Farscape, and this week it is Season 4, Episode 14, Twice Shy. Just a quick thing, it's obviously a play on Once Bitten, Twice Shy, that's the expression. Ah, I see. I was wondering, like, how does this factor into... Oh. It's like the second half, and it's implied... It's this is clever, you see, to make you think about it. Mm, I don't like thinking. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So, yeah, we're back aboard. You know, this episode marks a return to, I guess, business as usual. We're back in tormented space and, you know, just trying to survive and get by. Mm-hmm. After having had that, that three-episode arc of wormholes going back to Earth in the past and then last episode going back to Earth in the present, John deciding that he couldn't stay there. It was too dangerous for Earth for him to be there because people would be coming after him. And so he's like, no, I, my life is with Moya and my friends there now. So I have to leave. Basically, that's where we pick up just back to business as usual, kind of. Yep. So first, actually, before we even get into the rest of the episode, like, what do you think of that direction? What, that he's going back into a uh, tremendous space? Well, yeah, because this episode is more like we're back to just a regular, like, standard Farscape episode. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I have no problems with the fact that, okay, he's been home. He's now made a conscious decision to be Mm. here until he can guarantee that, I don't know, the, I'm assuming the ancients showing up again to help protect the wormhole knowledge might be an end game for him where he's like, okay, I can go home now. Yeah. So yeah. All right. So that means that we have just, it's kind of a monster of the week episode this week. I'm okay with that actually. That's okay. Yeah. It's it's, It's refreshing. Yeah. It's a nice change after a while. And we'll get into this why uh, as the episode goes on, but this is one of those things that Farscape does well, is that it's not just a Monster of the Week nope. episode. We also have some character moments, character study, actually, quite mm. a lot in this mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. And so let's get into it. So we open up with, well, we have a previously on to catch everybody up to speed. You know, we, we've kind of covered that already. Include some more stuff about Aaron and John's relationship and such. And so we then open on uh, some DRDs going through the corridor and Scorpius walking along with them. And he's coming Pilot and saying, Pilot, why are the traders still on board? And Pilot's like, well, they're being very tough in negotiations, but we dare not travel through tormented space without reliable star charts. Yeah, and they're the only people that have them. So we've sent in our best negotiators. (laughs) Well, it's funny, actually, because... They are doing a good job. We actually see, like, Scorpius walk through and into the hangar bay, and we see that there's, like, a a ramp and, like, the bottom half of a spaceship Mm -hmm. and some guys guarding it. And then we cut inside. That's, like, a dark and, like, sort of junky, like, spaceship. And Naranti and Rigel are bartering with two of the traders. They're just, like, they look like regular Sebastian humanoids. With, like, warts over their face. Yeah, they look like they might be a bit ill, but they're bartering for the price. And so Naranti actually successfully manages to barter down from 10,000. She says, like, well, 5,000. And I want these charts to be accurate and up to date. And it's like, no. We said 10,000. And Rigel's like, but she said five. And, well, they say, you can buy your charts elsewhere. Yeah, I think it's like, okay, 9,000, and that's, and no more talking. And Rancy says, yep, sounds about right, because 
we're leaving. And she just walks away. And the other guy who's there is like, no, wait, 7,000. And his friend is like, what are you doing? <laughs> no. And so they agree. And she says, Rigel, pay the man. The Domino will pay you. And so everybody else is actually like outside with guns, you know, keeping an eye on, on mm-hmm. this whole thing. And we have a scene with Aaron and John. And Aaron is looking off kind of visibly a little bit upset. Yeah. And John's like, hey, what's the matter? And she's like, nothing's bothering me. Was it something I said? It was something I said, wasn't it? <laughs> she doesn't really say anything. I, I just like, nothing's bothering me. Yeah. That inflection is like, yeah, it's not, yeah. M- not me that's the problem. And so once they've made this deal, Rigel and Naranti come out. I like that they go over. Scorpius is at like the back of the, the bay. And they go over and Scorpius looks at Rigel's like, you seem unusually smug. Your deal, it was successful. Oh, yes. <laughs> More than you think. <laughs> Rigel, what did you do? And so the traders then, though, before they leave, they bring out, they say, one more trade. And yeah. so down the ramp, they bring a girl or a young woman. Yeah. And she's got, like, long black hair. She's got sort of braids. She's got dark skin. And she's dressed in rags, kind of. And they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll give her to you for cheap. We enjoyed her. And maybe you can as well. And we're like, oh. He's being very handsy. Yeah, he's being super handsy. He's like... Chiana just jumps up, points a gun at them. Like, I really like that, actually. Yeah. That Chiana is like, no, touch her again and you'll die. Like, pointing a gun at, at them. And then, so everybody draws their weapons. And Dargo says Chiana. It's like, Chiana, it's not our problem. And Chiana's like, no, no, come on. Chiana wants, obviously, to help. I also like what Chiana says. Like, what, you forgot what it's like to be a prisoner? Yeah, I really like this from Chiana. Like, Chiana being kind of a a moral center for this Mm. scene. But, yeah, Dargo's like, no, we can't do this. This is not our problem. And Chiana's like, fine, I'll buy her myself. (laughs) Then Rigel actually says, hey, wait, remember, you the one who brought that Vork aboard Moya. Continuity... That was Beware of Dog, way back. Other part is, that dog ended up saving your life, Rigel. I don't want to be rude. But. <laughs> Technically, I suppose so. Yeah, it did, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, Because it right. was an actual parasitic infestation mm, that was that's the problem. True. But it is just like Rigel to, you know, blame her for those problems, though. Anyway, so Chiana ignores him. So Chiana walks up to the, to the girl and says, what's your name? And she replies that it's Talika. And so Chiana approaches her closer, then points the gu- her gun at her head and says, that, okay, either we take her or I take her head off. Yeah. She does this while well, there's a tear rolling down her cheek. Yeah. And so Dargo and John, but well, mostly Dargo, they're like, Rigel, pay the man. Rigel, like, I, I don't have to. And John just grabs the money. He's like, give that to me. Here you go. And the traders are like, good purchase. You'll have fun with her. <laughs> and Ugh. as soon as they hand her over, Talika actually just tries to run off. Yeah. They're like, stop her, stop her. And they don't manage to grab her, but she runs to the back and Scorpius just grabs her. Meanwhile, she bumps into pretty much everybody along the way. And we see a few shots from her perspective with a weird effect on them. There's like a sort of... Green eye? Yeah, like a vignette kind of filter with like a sepia tone. And it's like a weird sound effect, like... Like, there's an odd kind of vision that we're looking through. Mm. And, yeah, it focuses on, I think, not quite everybody, but definitely, like, Aaron, Chiana, John, Rigel, Dargo, and Scorpius. Also, in important note, she touches everyone. Yeah. On that list. So, immediately, we're like, oh, okay, Uh-oh. there's more than meets the eye here. And so, Scorpius grabs her, 
and Dargo says to Chiana, it's like, right, you take her to your quarters. She is your responsibility. Yeah. And um, John's like, I think it's either after this or a bit earlier in this scene, but John's like, this is a bad idea. Or Dargo says, this is a bad idea. John's like, yeah, nine times out of ten. Look, the first friendly planet we find, we drop her off. Yeah, that sounds completely reasonable. Yeah, it's a compromise. And it's what they offered to Chiana, actually, when she came aboard. Mm. But Chiana ended up not wanting to go. Anyway, so, yeah, Chiana takes Talika off to get her some better clothes and, you know, just to make sure she's okay. So then we go back to what's happening between John and Aaron. Because John says, walks up to Aaron after the whole negotiations. It's like, hey, what's the matter? Like, so are you angry with me? She's like, I don't want to talk. And he kind of gets in her face. He's like, no, no, come on, let's talk. And she just backhands him in the face. Yeah, across Wham. the ear, which yeah. hurts like hell because of pressure in your ear. And she's also just like stone-faced this whole time. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't want to talk. Punch. And he's like, God, wow. John deserved that. Kind of did, but yeah. yeah. So actually, that's, that's our title cut. Yeah. Is when she punches him in the face. Which is funny because a little bit of the title is now no longer accurate. Because John says in the title, it's like, I'm just searching for a way home. Not anymore, you're right. Yeah, that's true. I guess it would have been interesting if they had updated the title um, after this. Oh, well. They might at some point. So, yeah, we cut back and we see that John is following Aaron through uh, corridors and saying, like, you know, what? come on, what's wrong? And Aaron just says, there's nothing to say. It's like, hey, you hit me. And she says, well, you lied to me. And responds, like, okay, so I didn't tell you about the poppers, the drugs he was sniffing. Yeah, but you never told me about the baby. Does that mean I get to hit you now? And so they've come to a table at this point, and Aaron's standing behind it and just, like, blinks at him. It's like, I would not advise that. I'm not scared of you. <laughs> she looks him in the eyes, like, Okay, maybe a little bit scared. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little scared of you. You should, should be, be. You should yeah. be scared of Aaron. And so he's like, okay, yes, I was taking the drug. You want the truth? I was taking it to forget you. But you got to admit, it's kind of romantic. I'm just crazy about you. Yeah, no, that'll make it okay, John. Yeah, that's not a, that's not a good defense. And so she says like, oh, okay, so it's my fault. And he's like, no, it's not. And she says, you should have been stronger. <laughs> John's response is, oh, come on. I'm weak. I'm a man. I'm human. Give me a break. And he gets down to his knees, like, leaning on the table. It's like, come on. Ah. And so she's just not reacting to any of this. And she just oh. walks away. And he's like, hey, no, come on. And, like, grabs her on the shoulder. And mm-hmm. she spins around. And he's like, oh, okay, fine. All right. Like, we're going to be fine. Okay, like, we'll be fine, right? No, we're not, John. And then she just leaves. But John keeps repeating, nah, we're fine. She loves me. We're fine. We're We're going to be fine. We're going to be, we're going to be fine. Are we, John? Well, that, the way he delivers that line is half deluded confidence and half trying to convince himself. Yeah. That's, that's the reading I took from that line. Very much also like the deluded part in there. Yeah, it's like, no, no, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. But it's like, oh, what was that? from oh no it's from the last episode humans repeat a lie to try and convince Mm. themselves that it's true yeah i think that's what he's doing good point so uh we then cut to chiana's quarters where chiana is with talika and she's given her some nicer clothes it's a nice sort of like dress with like a mid-section like silver thing and looks pretty good yeah sleeveless and uh she's like hey yeah looks good on you and you look sexy and talika asks what is sexy chiana's like oh Oh, girls, pretty as you shouldn't have to ask that question. And she gets up close to Talika, and Talika's like, What is 
sex like what what is it is it good Shanna basically goes well sexy is sexy <laughs> she doesn't really do a good job explaining it i th- i think the way she says it the second time is it is the explanation yeah because she's very close and getting kind of intimate with talika and i'm like Shanna back the frell off this woman has been a slave yeah and that comes up because she's like you know it's it's good it makes you feel good makes you feel good to know that men want you and talika's like oh and chiana immediately is like oh uh whoops that's like i didn't no back off this woman has been through a lot you do not want to like you are a friend not an owner yeah make that abundantly clear but she does realize like she's like oh i said the wrong thing oh that was i'm sorry i didn't mean and so she backs up. And then Talika looks at her quizzically and is like, you like men for sex? And we know we see more view a view through Talika's eyes, that same effect we saw before. And Janice's like, well, they're useful for other things, but mostly sex, yes. <laughs> uh, she did also say, actually, it's like, no, I'm sorry. Like, most men aren't like the guys who had you. They're, they're okay, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but so she says, like, yeah, you like men for sex. And Chan says, yeah. And then Talika says, just men. And they get, they're getting closer again. Mm-hmm. And Talika actually, like, touches Chiana, like, just on her chest. And it's like, they get very close. And then, basically, they... They, they start making out. They do start making out. They, I, want, I just wanted to emphasize that they do it sort of gradually. It builds yeah. up to it. They don't just go, wham, you know? No. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it's like two heads just colliding at high speed with each other. Yeah. No. <laughs> It's actually like it's 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 like a slow build, and so yeah. then they start kissing. And again, like I like bisexual visibility. It's yeah. a good thing. Like there's no way like it's been hinted at and it's yeah. been heavily implied, and now it's like Chana's bisexual. There. Yeah, it's like blatant obvious now. So all right, cool. And so they are kissing, and then we see Aaron actually walk past, <laughs> stops and looks, and at some point is like, "Hang on, I am Aaron's son, Mood Killer." Chiana! <laughs> and she's, yeah, so it's just like, <clears throat> Chiana. And so Chiana walks out. It's like, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? What, what was that for? And Aaron's like, is that the reason that you brought her aboard? Just to make Talika your toy? No. Like, we, were just, we were just talking. Come on, I get feisty. You know me. And uh, she actually pushes Aaron up against the wall. Mm-hmm. And gets close. And Aaron just grabs her wrist. It's like, this is extreme even for you. And again, Aaron's just like, barely reacting mm, she's very matter-of-factly about it yeah and chiana says like come on i'm not like you i need it it's not a crime and yeah Aaron says excessive chiana's like well all right well if you don't want any with him maybe i can try Crichton. would you mind and Aaron's basically like do whatever you want and just leaves so already at this point i think this is the point of the episode where i'm start- starting to get the feeling that yes people are being affected yeah because chiana would not be that handsy with Eren. Yeah, Chiana has a high sex drive. Like, that is a part of her character. But not this high. <laughs> she respects those boundaries. And Eren. Eren is, like, a, can be unemotional. But not to the point of not reacting to anything. I read this more as her being quite angry and covering that up with sternness. Hmm... I think it was because there was... There, there wasn't, like, a subtext of anger to Eren's... Um, that could be the lines. case yeah that's i didn't get a subtext of anger because mm. we know that claudia black is a good enough actress to put that in there because we've yeah, seen that before right. and that wasn't there in these scenes that's why i was like obviously in the second watch through you pick it up more but even the first time i was like 
yeah, okay, Aaron is being cold even for her, you know. Yeah. I really like how they actually gradually set this up because yeah. it's not explicit at first because it's, it's noticeable, though. And then the next scene it becomes very noticeable or it gives you more hints of what's going on Mm -hmm. because the next scene is Talika going to see Crichton in his quarters. Yeah. And can I just say his quarters are, have, have had a little bit of makeover since he's been to earth because he's playing with a slinky. (laughs) I love that. And he's like, Oh, Hey, come on in. You want, uh, do you want chocolate fresh from earth? (laughs) And she's like, no, 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 thanks. He's like, oh, come on, sit down. We're friends. He's very happy and like cheerful and playing with the slinky. And I'm like, hey, yeah, him being to earth has cheered him up quite a lot now that he's like comforts of home, actually, on Moya for once. But as Talika goes in, she puts a big smile on her face, which is in contrast to how she's behaved when she was with Chiana or beforehand. And so she sits down next to John and she's Laughing about it, she says, "Oh, uh, sex," and he, she's like, "No, no, we're not that. We're not that kind of friend. That's a special friend." Tilly like, "Like you and Aaron?" And he's like, "Yeah. How did you know that?" And oh, right, yeah, Chiana must have told you, right? Yeah, yeah. And Tilly like, "Well, Chiana, but it's also very plain to see uh, for myself." And I like that suddenly she's using a lot more words than she was with Chiana. Yep, because she was very reserved, very sparse mm-hmm. with her words, and suddenly she's just doing full sentences like it's normal yeah and he's like yeah i can see it for myself you are hers she is yours or am i wrong john looks at her and is like no you're right <laughs> you're absolutely right and in this scene like when it's more apparent is what what we see is john like turns away from her yeah she drops the smile yeah as soon as she he looks back at her like big smile on her face so she's you know assuming the personality of the person that she's talking to. She's reflecting. She's doing something. Yeah. And we have those shots through her eyes again of that same effect. So something... This is why I mean. Like, it builds it up gradually with those eyeball the effects. And then we see her with Chiana. And then in this scene, it's like, okay, she's behaving very differently with John. It's to do with their personality. It's like something's going on. So then we see up in command, Dargo and Rigel are checking the maps that they got. There's a little hologram up on the table. And Dargo's like, oh, okay, yeah, these seem good. They seem accurate. There's the dangerous areas we want to avoid. That's fine. Looks like Naranti actually did some good for a change. Everybody's like, oh, you're not going to thank me. Don't I get any credit? <laughs> Dargo's like, what for? What did, what did you do? Here, look at this. And he shoves some uh, scaring money towards Dargo. And read the amount on it. And Dargo looks at it. It's like, a uh, hundred. And <laughs> then he's... Rigel says, like, well, that's actually only worth a twelfth of its shown value, you see. I added the extra dot. Quite fine handiwork, isn't it? It's like, you cheated the traitors? <laughs> Dargo, like, gets really angry. He's like, they control this part of space. They're going to find out, and we're, they're going to come back and attack us. If they find out, we're dead. And Rigel's like, they're not going to find out. I did a very good job. Dargo's really pissed off at him. He starts choking Rigel. Just lifts him off of his chair, slams it on the table, and starts choking him. And then John walks in, sees this argument, and is like, Whoa, whoa, break it up, guys, break it up, what's the problem? Neutral corners, neutral corners, what's ha- what's going on here? And Dargo explains, he's like, he cheated them and forged the money. Dargo tries to reach for Rigel again, and John's like, oh, whoa. Takes Rigel aside, why do you do that? We're trying to be, we're trying to make friends here, we're trying to be nice. These are not the guys we want to piss off. No. And Dargo's like, when the traders come, I'm gonna give them you, gonna give 
Rigel to them and they can have as much fun with him as they like. Argh. And John is like holding them apart. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, now how about we phone these guys, we say we made a mistake, and we make it right. It'll be fine. And uh, Dargo is still like pissed off. Like, no, they're going to come. And Dargo's actually, he's like, I'm the captain here. I'll decide what we do. And I'll deal with it. And then I'll deal with you, pointing at Rigel. And Rigel's like, no, we're not paying them. <laughs> and so, yeah, they both leave off in anger. Naranti's looking in from the hallway and it's like, you can clearly see her head with a face like, what's going on? What's funny about this scene is that, okay, at this point we know that Talika is affecting people's personalities and mm-hmm. amping up something about them. Yeah. An aspect of them. And so, you know, the idea is that it's happening to everybody. So Dargo is maybe more angry. Rigel is more greedy. This isn't as pronounced. And so what this scene made me think of was like, oh, right, this is what everyone was like back in season one. Yeah, I had that as well. <laughs> it's like, this is a season one scene between Dargo, John, and Rigel. This would have totally been a season one scene. So it's not that exaggerated, but I, I can see what they're going going for. I don't know if that was, like, deliberate. I like it very much. It's good. It does show how much people have changed, because I was like, this would have fit in perfectly in season one. But it's all their traits being amped up, because what's happened is they started out with a kind of like a singular trait to define them, and over time, as the series has gone on, those characters have been developed and grown, Yep. and then we sort of have that flashback to what they were like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really nice. And if we were in any doubt as to what Talika's doing, when Dargo goes off, runs off into the corridor... He runs into Talika and says, like, You were supposed to be in Chiana's room! And she's like, I don't have to listen to you. Nobody else listens to you. They listen to Crichton, but they don't listen to you. She's just like, Go back to your room! Or I'll throw you off the ship myself! And storms off. And I'm like... Whoa, Talika. Uh, where did that mouth come from? That's the thing. She's reflecting Dargo's anger. I think she's almost not so much reflecting it as drawing it out. Yeah, also that. So then we cut to Scorpius's chamber, and he's having a coolant rod change. Yeah, he he has a new cooler. Yeah, he's had some upgrades, I think made by Sokozu. So his coolant rod thing is out the side of his head and normally they would put one coolant rod in, but now there's like an apparatus with different, with arms that fold out that have multiple coolant rods on them. Yeah, and it can spin. It's kind of like a little centrifuge. Yeah. And what's interesting is they they start out red, they're spinning. Sokozu is there like with a you know, little screwdriver like adjusting things. They spin and then they go blue and like fold back in and slide back into his head. So she's made an upgrade to his coolant system that can recycle coolant rods. That's very useful because yeah. they can't get that supply as easily. So And so she's talking to Scorpius and says that uh, Naranti thinks that everyone is acting strange. They're more emotional than usual. Oh, actually, I love this bit because she says, except Aaron, who is colder than usual. And as she says colder... The cooling rods go from red to blue. Mm, nice detail. Yeah, but I, I I like Scorpius's response as well, where he says, like, well, she wills herself against emotions, like any good soldier. Mm. Oh, mm, peacekeeper training. That's coming to the forefront. Like, yeah, she, she keeps her emotions in check, like any good soldier or robot. Sorry, did I say that out loud? Beep boop. That's kind of what the peacekeepers want. Yep. <laughs> All right. So then the next scene after that is it's up in command and Chiana is, has got John on a table and it's just on top of him. And she's like, come on, what's 
let's have some fun. You know, I asked Aaron. She said she doesn't care. And John's just laughing like, whoa, 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 I know what you need. You need a cold shower. <laughs> she, she also says, what's gotten into you? And she's like, nothing yet. I'm like, whoa, okay. Whoa, yeah, yeah. Whoa. I heard that it was as well. I was like, poo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And yeah, he's like, yeah, you need a cold shower. Get off me. And Scorpius actually comes up to the, the door and he's he's watching this. Yeah, it's like Crichton. Well, he doesn't say that for, because first of all, Chiana sees him and is like, hey, Scorpi, you want to watch? And then John like throws her off him. It's like, okay, there's nothing to see her anyway. We're done. And Chiana's like, what's the matter with you? What did she do? Cut him off? And then <laughs> walks out. And actually... Scorpius also growls at her as she leaves. Yeah, like, he gets very aggressively growling at her. You can even see him, like, catch himself on it. Look on his face, like, why did I do that? He shakes his head, he's like, Bleh. And John says, like, whoa, that was extreme even for you. Scorpius says, look, have you noticed how people have been acting strange? Like, how are you feeling, John? He's like, I'm fine. Better better than ever. <laughs> Chiana's uh, acting a bit extreme, though, and... Scorpius like, she's not alone. The rest of your crewmates are behaving oddly. John's like, no, they're fine. There's just business as usual, Grasshopper. It's like, Naranti doesn't seem to agree. But Naranti sees things and makes things up, so we're fine. We're fine. We're okay. We're fine. It's a fair response, actually. Naranti does do those things. <laughs> but Scorpius is like, no, you're not fine. Uh, your behavior has changed since that girl came aboard. And John looks at him and like, you think she's doing a Traltix? A mind frail? And Traltix referencing back to Crackers Don't Matter. Ah. Uh, I was wondering if that word meant, and it's like, right. That guy. <laughs> that guy. He's super dead, but that guy. Yeah, he's the one who's messed up their minds before. You know, this is, again, this is something that's happened to them before. So it's like, right, yeah, Traltix. A mind frail. And... Uh, John's like, well, okay, and you think uh, Talik is doing it. Let's go talk to her. She's in Chiana's quarters. No, she's not. We've checked, and she can't be found. She's disappeared. And like, oh, oh, that's not good. And so we cut to Aaron and John searching Moya. They're going through a corridor, and they're like, oh, there she is, you know, down one end of the corridor. And mm-hmm. she runs away. Like, we got her, tier seven, into the cargo bay. Right, let's go. So they go into the cargo bay and it's like, Hello, Talika. <laughs> Don't worry, you can come out. Come out, come out, wherever you are. And John's like, it's okay. She knows we're here. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're not trying to hide. But so John and Aaron are looking around. Then we see, like, shots from that same eye, like, effect from before yeah but it's clearly from above from the ceiling and then as they're looking around there's a lot there's a really loud screaming noise or there's an effect over john and aaron like a shimmering and they both get knocked out to the floor so oh that's bad then then (laughs) things go from bad to worse Mm -hmm. because talika jumps down except talika doesn't look like the woman that she looked like before she's now a giant spider i was wondering how you were responding to that well okay i was not doing great it's a fully cg giant spider from 2003 so it's not great (laughs) yeah no that does help it's like clearly an alien spider as well it has two giant eyes instead of like six eyes Mm-hmm. So that also helped. But, and, Eight, and, but yes. Whatever. I don't care. It's too many. <laughs> but so, it's, I don't know. The, the, the fully CG spider effect is not great. It hasn't aged very well. No. Unfor- unfortunately. But so she jumps down and just sucks on the side of John's head with like a little proboscis that comes out of her mouth. 
and she's mm. huge also like she's like larger than human sized yep. and so you know we're f- just going to ignore conservation of mass <laughs> yeah, i was about to mention that like yeah there's no way that giant spider could fit inside the the woman that we saw that depends how hollow this giant True. spider is uh, like density is a thing maybe maybe she was very much denser than she looked i don't know whatever we never actually we don't see a transform transform either no. but so so yes yeah, she's a freaking spider she jumps down and sucks on the side of john's head it's like Ugh. and so we like have a fade we come back both aaron and john wake up and like oh god what the hell was that i feel like crap and they've both got little marks on the side of their head yeah aaron has like a swelling but john has small warts on his head that look very familiar exactly the same kind of things that the traders had so they're like what she got you got you as well huh and so they they stand up and dargo chana and rigel are searching for talika and john gets on the comms with them (laughs) actually they're doing a bit of a walk and talk with dargo chana and rigel chana's like look don't harm her don't do anything to her she's she's done nothing wrong but dargo's like no no damn it i knew you know something was wrong with her the moment she came aboard i should have shot her i will shoot her <laughs> and roger's like now hold on a minute you all owe me money everybody on this ship owes me money and i'm fed up waiting i want to collect now it's like what no they don't <laughs> and so yeah john comes to him and is like uh talika she's more dangerous than she looks Dargo's just like yeah big surprise <laughs> And then we see the same eye effect from behind them, following them through the corridor. And then Chiana looks around, and there's the scream again. And they all get knocked out. And so Kozu then walks around a corner to see the giant spider, like, face-sucking on everybody else. Mm-hmm. As Kozu's like, run! Ah, crap! And yeah, she makes a run for it. Talika runs after her, which is interesting, like, pursues her in spider form. Mm-hmm. Doesn't actually scream at her. To knock her out no. chases her down sikozu makes a run for it she gets to the fan room You're really getting a use out of that room i mean they've made the set now so yeah. obviously they get to keep using it and so yeah she's in there and we have the classic the alien mm. scene the you know alien with sigourney weaver the the ridley scott movie that scene where she's like standing there and there's like a drip on her shoulder and she looks down and then looks up and the and the spider is giant right above her head yeah she's like ah! and just it, we see it from talika's eye view and jumping mm-hmm. down on sikozu yeah i was like that that scene where like something drips on them and they look up that's the alien scene that's mm. you know ridley scott's alien you see it everywhere it's a homage type thing farscape has never been above like homages or ripping off a little bit <laughs> like not even counting when john does it on purpose <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah so obviously sikozu screams at this scorpius hears her and he's like Wah! and runs off to find her and so when he gets there into the fan room uh talika's not there but sikozu <laughs> this is like becoming once an episode like yeah i had that as well sikozu's arm and leg are cut off it's like Ooh. i like how it starts with just her you see her hand and it's just twitching and the camera the focus shifts and you see that it's actually her arm laying away from her the rest of her body yeah 
<laughs> the other arm is just stretching towards it. Uh, Naranchi's also there as well. And I'm oh, sorry. And Scorpius comes in, like kneels down over Sakosa, like, "I will kill your attacker. I promise. You will be avenged." <laughs> and Naranchi is like, "Well, first save her, please. Get her limbs, Scorpius." And he grabs the limbs and like, "Okay, put pressure here, and they should reattach." And so we cut back up to command, and it's Aaron and John. And Aaron is saying to John, like, I don't, why would Talika do this? We, tr- we tried to help her. Why would she do this? John's like, I don't know. No idea, okay? Give me a sec. I'm, oh, really took the wind out of me there. Oh. And Aaron's like, don't, no, 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 don't, don't, don't be useless. Come on, don't be useless. Ugh, ugh. And then Dargo, Chiana, and Rigel come in. Aaron's like, no, we can't be weak. We have to pull ourselves together. We have to fight back. And John replies, he's like, with what? They, she kicked our ass. What are we going to do? Give it up. Yeah, we're done. And so, yeah, then she runs off. It's like, no, we can't. We can't give up. And I think Chiana at this point, well, first of all, they see that the trading ship I think an earlier scene was coming back towards them. It's in this scene when they're up on command. And yeah, but Dargo says like, yeah, they're coming back towards us. It's like, all right, that's fine. Uh, we can explain what happened when they get here and it'll be okay. We can negotiate it. And Rigel's like, well, if if they're angry, we can we we can give them whatever they want. I don't care. Why would, why would they keep this money? It's only caused us trouble. And Chiana goes like, blink, blink. <laughs> Wait a minute. Something's not right here. <laughs> <laughs> right, you're giving away money? And that's actually kind of what finally tips the the scale. And Chiana's like, okay, Aaron is falling apart. Dog is not angry. Rigel is giving money away. He's been not he's not being greedy at all. And John, yeah, you're giving up. You never give up. Yeah. And Chiana's like, okay, something. She's doing something to us. And yeah, Dargo's not angry. I, I. It's like I don't have any reason to be angry. She just kicks him in the shins. And he's like, ah, huh nothing he's like uh nope and so she does it again punches him he's like you feeling anything angry he's like no i'm not angry and she kicks him full in the nuts he's like oh okay still not angry i should be angry but i'm not not. this is a little bit on the nose but it's fine actually because chiana's like it's like she's taken away our strongest trait and like okay yeah no thank we we got that (laughs) we didn't i I don't think we necessarily needed it spelled out so explicitly it's fine it's okay I, I think it makes sense for the characters because she has to say it literally otherwise nobody else picks up on it because it's clear nobody else notices yeah that's fair it's it just felt a little bit on the nose and but i like that john's is like oh she didn't take anything from you and john's like uh hmm dargo oh. and she she grabs dargo's hand it's like come on just just do this and like puts it on her chest and he's like um oh, i'm oh i'm feeling awkward about this i i don't think come on just do do it do it i it's like i don't know if i could do it right now in front of everybody everyone watching and and so they they lean in and they kiss while dargo has both hands on her breasts yeah and they pull back and chiana's like Nothing. No, nope. No tingle. It's like she took away my my sex drive. Like Trout took away my sex drive. <laughs> so like, okay, it feels odd that it it kind of is true character wise that perhaps Chiana's most defining trait is a high sex drive. But that's I would have argued that one. It's it's like it feels a bit off compared yeah, it does. to the others. Yeah, and. Two, I would argue that it's her rebelliousness. She would be following orders perfectly, I think. Yeah, I agree with that as well, yeah. To be fair, 
it does position Chiana to be the most reasonable person around because she can totally function without it. Yeah. Where the others, like, are way more important parts of their personality. Yeah. So it's halfway between, like, a caricature of Chiana taking that approach to her personality and also a necessary plot device so that we have someone with a level head. Yeah, exactly. Um, who isn't Naranti. <laughs> No, actually, I think I just said that, you know, somebody with a level head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, that's the thing. If you, were, if you were making caricatures of the crew of Moya, then yes, Chiana having a really high sex drive would be, you know, that, that character. But that's not a true representation of her or, or even her strongest trait. I feel like that the show actually does a good job of not making her sex drive define her. No. Even though it is a large part of her character, it's not what defines her. And that's... I would argue that that drive is actually, again, an expression of her rebellious nature. Because yeah, exactly. it rebels heavily against not only her own people, but also, like, galactic norms. Yeah. It's like, no, I, I, I'm doing what I want. Free sex and love. And it's like, don't care as long as everybody's okay with it. Why yeah. Why does everybody have to be a prude about it? Yeah, it's that sort of free-spirited thing of, like, I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, it's maybe a little bit uh, of a caricature that Chiana's high sex drive is her most defining characteristic. But, like we said, it's that compromise between that so that we can have someone who knows what's going on and is actually useful in the situation. Yeah, I mean, Sokozu could have done that had her arm and leg not been ripped off. Exactly. So, but I, I like, though, that what it does is it lets Chiana kind of for a, a little bit assume command and fair play that yeah she doesn't have a sex drive and the whole point is that with what we just said is like yes she's perfectly functional without it yeah you don't need the high she does doesn't need a high sex drive to be functional i don't think you need a sex drive at all to be functional exactly <laughs> making salient points farscape all right so mm-hmm. Now that we've discussed that, let's see what's up. So, uh, Naranti and Scorpius are putting Tsukozu back together. She just falls apart at any problems, you know. You know what Tsukozu is? Tsukozu is the Mr. Potato Head of this crew. <laughs> <laughs> Slightest bit of injury, limbs just start flying off. <laughs> I just want now a scene where Tsukozu hits somebody with her severed limb. Where she, like, <laughs> picks up her uh, her arm off the ground with her other arm and hits somebody else with it. You thought I wasn't armed. I was not. <laughs> you see, I'm armed. Whack. <laughs> also, yeah, so they, they stick her back together. Pilot also gets on the comms and is like, the trade ship... It's now, its engines are off. It's just drifting. And Dargo's like, well, that's probably because they want to show that they have no intention of harming us and that they can't communicate with us, so... Yeah, Pilot, bring the ship aboard. Prepare the docking web. And Chiana asks Pilot, like, have you found Talika yet? And Pilot says, no, her movements are extraordinary. Every time a DRD sees her, she disappears immediately. And John's like, oh, great. She can turn invisible. (laughs) We're just completely frailed. And so we then cut to was everybody else basically in the cargo bay waiting for the ship to come in, I think. And but then Erin storms in and like just shoves Chiana and it's like, Hey, this is your fault. You did that you brought her on board and Dargo breaks him up it's like, Ho ho ho, calm down, calm down And so the hangar doors open, the sh- the trader ship comes in and they're like, Look, we we still can't find Talika. Talika is in the background of this scene. She is literally at the back of the cargo bay, just like, or the the hangar bay, just like hanging off like a 
a pole just like yeah it's just standing there just hanging off a pole just, like, just looking and like turn I, around I, I, I believe that the crew might not be paying attention to her but I am offended that the DRDs don't spot her <laughs> Exactly. Oh, it was a bit like just she's right there. She's right behind you. Turn around. It's like the audience of kids pointing, like over there. She's behind you. <laughs> it's a bit. It's a bit panto. Yeah. So okay, the traders come out of their ship. They're not looking so good. No, they have like swollen heads, like holes in their heads, and just falls over. And I'm like, burn it, burn it, burn it, burn it. Get the flamethrower. Burn the ship. It's like that's eggs. Those are eggs. That's creepy. And so they they actually walk in because all the traders the traders came out. They're dead. Everyone inside the ship is dead. They're they've got horrible grotesque things all over their face Dargon and Aaron find one upstairs in their ship and he's just like very briefly grabs the hand of Dargo and then just slumps away and I like that Aaron actually looks away there's a brief shot and just looking away in disgust that's like that's something you normally wouldn't do yeah but Dargo's like what 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 did she do what and the guy just dies before he can say yeah. anything John also says well now we know how it ends and so Chiana and Rigel go up to the top deck of the ship they find more bodies and they're like well now we are frailed what's gonna happen and Aaron's like no don't talk like that we'll be fine we have to get out of it we'll be fine we'll be okay yeah we have to be fine and Chiana actually there's a spot that there's a message playing on a table like a hologram of a diagnosen Hey. hey, and those—that's the doctor alien, basically that removed the neural chip from John's brain. That creature, an alien species named Diagnosion, are doctors? <gasps> Gasp! Yeah, I know. So, um, but it's, it's, it's speaking in that high-pitched, like uh, lilting voice, like yeah. But it's being translated simultaneously, and so they're like, "Oh yes, the symptoms you describe." are those of uh, Wallaxian arachnid. The creature's touch infects its victims and stimulates exaggerated neural functions. And Chiana's like, yeah, that sounds like us. Yeah, it's like, and then uh, takes that specific emotion or aspect away uh, as it feeds, storing them in nodes. Membrane orbs, in orbs. Membrane orbs, yeah. And hides those orbs in a nest for consumption later. Yeah, and if you break the orb near the person who ever lost that trait, the energy can be reabsorbed and restored. And so they're like, okay. And like, well, we're never going to find her. It's like, no, okay. Dargo says, finding her is not the problem. We need to find the orbs, because otherwise we're going to die. Yeah, we don't need to kill her. We need to find the orbs. Aaron's like, but we're doomed. We're doomed. Because it, it shuts off. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, tell us more. What's, how do we kill it? And Dargo is like, pull yourself together. And so, yeah, we cut back into uh, Sokozu, Naranti, and Scorpius. And so Naranti feed or like w- waves something under Sokozu's nose, some smelling salts, basically. Yeah. And so Sokozu wakes up and she just starts screaming. He's like, ah, I was attacked. Ah, oh, my arm, my arm, my leg. And Naranti says, Scorpius, hold her down, hold her down. And yeah, holds her down. And she says, no, no, focus on healing. Your limbs can still be saved. You'll be all right. And Scorpius is holding her down. Naranti says, the creature attacked you. Why did it not try to harvest you? What Are you immune? Sokozu nods. So, yeah, I, I must be. I, I must be immune to its touch. And then Scorpius starts. <laughs> <laughs> 
and Naranti like says to Scorpius like she's okay you can you can let go now Scorpius and shoves him off and so Kozu sits up and like no what's wrong with him Naranti says yeah he's infected but not harvested the Scaran side of him is taking over I have to stop him to keep him from harming us well I wouldn't call Scorpius's Scaran side his biggest trait but okay yeah and so Sikozu's like no he won't harm us I know him I know him Naranti's like no you only know his Sebation side mm. this is his Scaran side we have to be careful and Scorpius is like growling it's like kill kill find and he's just spewing liquid again yeah it's a spit coming out of his mouth he's like kill Toluca now and Naranti like it's like I'm sorry Scorpius and goes Phew, and blows some dust in his face knocking him out yep and I like that Sikozu's very dramatic about this. It's like, no! It's like, she, he, she just knocked him out. Don't, He'll be fine. Don't worry about it. So then Pilot is on the comms and says that, yes, the DRDs have not been able to locate Talika's nest. Eren says, okay, we should split up into groups. We should go look for her ourselves. And, and Targo's like, oh, maybe we could talk to her and convince her to return <laughs> the energy orbs. It's like, no, find her. Raj's like, well, maybe we can persuade her with a pulse rifle. <laughs> It's like, oh, you don't want to give her money. And John is actually kind of collapsed to the floor. He's like kneeling down or just on his sitting down. And Aaron goes over to him. It's like, come on, you're okay. Pull yourself together. It's like, I'm, I'm just dizzy. You know, I'm just really not feeling good. And he actually, he strokes her hair a bit and says, you know what the worst part of this is? You and me, we never could get it together. And now we never will. She's like, no, stop talking like that. Don't you ever talk like that. Yeah, don't you ever talk like that. Mm. And she helps him up. And so as they're doing this, we then see that Talika goes into the a hangar bay and gets on board the trader ship yeah starts activating panels but also that scene of like Aaron saying no don't you ever talk like that i like that i like that now that both their like their masks are gone well okay in a way i don't think that's the case with john like what happened to john is that his never give up attitude was taken away so he's mm-hmm. giving up and he's like now we're never going to get back together what happened to Aaron is her cold like veneer her you know cold front got dropped so now that feels more like the mask has been taken away from her because mm. john wasn't really fronting about that he wasn't really you know pretending not to feel things that's true but it does like when you remove his optimism you reveal his fears yeah okay that's that's fair yeah that's good good point because yeah before he was like you know move on we'll be okay we'll be fine he's like no now i'm afraid that it's not gonna happen that's that's his fears that are now shown like usually they're counteracted with his optimism but without that we get we get to peek into the back of his head which is usually not on the surface yeah okay so talika's got on board the ship and pilot comes Dargo's like the trader ship has left moya uh, I cannot reach it. It's already too far away. Can't get it. Can't with- close the doors. And Doug is like, okay, everybody, get aboard Lola. We're going after it. And John's like, no, just leave me. I can't go. I'm I'm too tired. I'm so... I don't want to go. And Aaron strokes his face like, John, no, just just go. And so, yeah, she reluctantly turns and leaves. I like how they put their hands against each other and John pushes her away with that. Yeah. It's a nice little gesture. And so they get aboard Lola, they fly after the trade ship, and they easily catch up to it. They're on board, like, I'm not sure. Are we going to do that? I mean, we could be walking into a trap. And Aaron also points out, like, I don't know how you guys are feeling, but we should do this quickly. And Chiana says, like, this is this is all my fault. I, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have brought on, but I should have I should have known. And how I feel like I, I would have liked to line in this scene. It, it wouldn't have made sense given the emotional state of everybody else. But I would have liked someone to say to Chiana, like, no, helping people is not 
is never the wrong choice. I say, you did the right thing. You did the right thing. It backfired, but helping somebody is never the wrong choice. That's an admirable quality. Yeah, it backfired this time. That's the risk you take, and that risk is worth taking. I would have. I just would. That would have been a nice thing to say. Let's be honest. Not everybody you try and save turns out to be a emotion-sucking spider. This is true, in fact, yeah. <laughs> I feel that there are very few emotion-sucking spiders uh, out there. Very few. Yeah, it's like, let's not rule it out, but... That's, I, I like Chiana in this episode because, like, mm. her desire to help them, it's, it's that juxtaposition of, like, oh, I guess, like, altruism and cynicism mm. from the rest of the crew where they're like, no, this is not our problem, Dargo said, and it's like, yeah, do you remember what it was like to be a prisoner? Like, Chiana kind of being, like, a the heart of mm. this episode. and She's been that longer. Yeah. yeah. And how she's taken that role kind of from Zan. Mm-hmm. And that's come up in a, in a few little ways. And I like that it comes up again in this episode. Yeah. And that's why I would have liked, you know, some reinforcing line from... If Zan had been there. If oh, Zan had been totally there. she would have totally said that. She would have said that. Yeah, that's true. Though, if Zan's emotions had been drained, that might be the last thing she would have said. I feel like it would have happened, like, at the end of the episode... You know, like a a closing scene. Yeah, she would have totally said that at the end of the episode. Yeah, okay. Well, like I said, it's not, it doesn't make the episode worse for me. It's just, I I was thinking that watching that scene of like, oh, I would have liked them to do that and just say that, you know, no, you made the right choice, but, you know, we took a risk. I kind of would have hoped Rigel to be the one to say it because he doesn't have his grieve right now. Oh, yeah, that, mm, yeah, maybe. To see what, what, what remains of Rigel when his greed is gone. Maybe. I feel like that wouldn't have felt genuine in though true that's the thing but still i like i said it doesn't take too much away from the episode it's just like it would have been nice to have that reinforcement of you should try and help people not Mm. don't help people because they could be a monster spider person (laughs) like i said the chance is incredibly slim very slim yeah. So yeah, eventually they so they they've got to the ship and uh, at one point they like we better do this quick and are we going to get out of here alive? And then R- Rigel just farts helium. Yeah. <laughs> we don't actually get a scene of them talking in a high voice. It, they kind of all just look away and like mm, and then it cuts away. Helium farts. They they will never ever disappoint me. I think. <laughs> so they get on board the ship and they go inside and there's no movement nothing just the corpses that were there before rigel stays inside lola to check the uh the scanners and dargo goes up to the flight deck and he's like wait a minute and he looks at the com- the console's like the guidance system is active this ship is set to fly itself called it i saw that coming because it's like why would talika leave her yeah food behind on moya her nest yeah and Aaron looks up like she never left moya and so we cut back and we see that John is like just collapsed on the bed. And he's like, Ugh. they calm him like she never left. She's a- still aboard Moya. We're on our way back, but we're we're very weak. We may not make it. You need to find the orbs. And John's like, no, I don't want to. He's like, no, well, now now we are dead. We're frailed then. Yeah. And I think we have a commercial break there. Mm. And as it comes back, John is just lying in bed. And Randy's there like, come on, get up, get up. She pulls him out of bed and he crawls back in like no five more minutes uh. <laughs> she's like no are you are you ready to die are you ready to watch Aaron die and he's like well we don't know where the orbs are what are we gonna do we have no chance of finding them but she's like oh that's it and like pulls him up again <laughs> it's like look talika is the only one who knows where they are yeah but she's never gonna tell us like, well, maybe we can get her to show us where they are. Scorpius is infected, but he's not been harvested. And I made him unconscious 
So maybe that she can't sense him. And despite that he's ripe and ready for harvesting. Mm -hmm. And John starts to get the idea. Gradually it's like, so we wake him up, use him as bait, and follow her to her nest. Okay, what about Sokozu? Oh yeah, I'm sure certainly she's fit enough to help. <laughs> and John then comes dog is like, uh, okay, uh, we're not dead. Yet. <laughs> and so we cut back to the fan room with Sokozu and Scorpius. And Sokozu wakes Scorpius up. Yeah, she puts something in his mouth, like, swallow this, wake up, we need you. And he gets up and like, grabs her by the throat. It's like, Scorpius, it's me, Sokozu ally and he's like uh tsukozu it's like yes that's right that's me yes friends arachnid kill it and she's like yes that's what we're going to do and so he stands up and just picks her up yeah just lifts her off her feet and carries her he's like help and walks off meanwhile john has got the large uh blast rifle yeah it's like the big multi-barrel rifle cannon and he's loading it he's putting little silver uh, cylinders into it to load it up and he's like all right let's get ready and uh naranti is out walking through the corridors and talika comes up behind her in human form and naranti turns around just in time before she does like stay away from me and talika now we get to see talika as she actually is her real personality mm. i think yeah because she's like I don't want you, old woman. You're old and bitter. But you know where Scorpius is. I'm not going to tell you. If I don't tell you, you die. But um, she does actually then, like, okay, well, no, um, follow me. And she leads her off a bit. And then Talika's like, oh, I can sense him. And runs after Scorpius. And then Scorpius, we cut to Scorpius walking through the hallways. I think he, I think he's actually down near where his quarters are because there are a lot of tight corners and like it's in the bowels of the ship somewhere. And he's vomiting saliva. He's like, bleh, bleh, bleh. apparently that's Scorpius' strongest trait: his saliva control. <laughs> he's just full of spit. He's like a squirtle. <laughs> Scorpius, use bubble beam. It's not very effective. <laughs> <laughs> so um talika finds him and like yells at him does the scream knocks him out and does the harvesting and sikozu is hiding around a corner watching this he's like he's been harvested john's like all right follow her stay close to talika and so sikozu kind of hobbles along because she's still yeah. dealing with her leg being reattached and so she follows her and eventually finds the nest that's in the Tier 7 cargo bay. Yeah, she calms this to John. It's like, Tier 7, cargo bay 2. She's like, oh, I'm never going to make that. But he does start walking despite that. So he takes the gun with him and he enters through the, the just through the door into the cargo bay. He's like, all right, I know you're here. Uh, Talika. I know you can see me. Bad guys can always see me. My plans suck. People die. It's always a mess. And then we see Talika kind of like hanging from a rafter. Uh, again, like human form. And like, ah, yes, there you are. I've got no remorse, you know. Your food, I eat. Talking predators, always weird. Yeah. It's like, are the others going to come to attack? And he's like, no, it's only me. I'm so tired of this. And he, like, puts the gun down. He, like, he kneels down on the floor. It's like, I'm just, I'm so tired. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of fighting. Just bring it on. Just do it. Just kill, just kill me. Fast, slow, lady's choice. And she gets up to him and is like, I like it slow. Oh, uh, I thought, I was afraid you were going to say that. And he, like, topples over. 
And then, like, she's going up to him, about to, you know, finish him off. And Sokozu has been, like, creeping around behind them. And John also also says, well, do it then. She's like, I already have. Already started. And so, yeah, Sokozu is creeping up. She's found the orbs, like, hanging from uh, a beam, you know, tied up in webs, going up to grab them. And before Talika can actually kill John, Sokozu, like, yells out, like, no, don't let her! And she turns around, like, ah! And John responds to that, grabs the gun, aims it at Talika, and suddenly Talika's a spider. Yeah, we we never actually see, never see her transform. No. We, like, it, it cuts to one view, cuts back, and she's a spider. I do like that John gives the impression that well, that was as jarring and quick for him as it was for us. He's like, he's whoa, like, damn! Whoa. <laughs> and he starts shooting... And he's like, get the orbs! Uh, Sokozu's piling them up in her arms. Talika slashes to John with one of her paws. Gets knocked down. It's like, I can't hold this much longer. And, you know, he's shooting. It's not having much effect. It's scraping off the side of her. But then Talika goes in and, like, lunges at him. And she he just sticks the gun in her mouth and opens fire. And it's just, you can see, like, a fireball forming inside of her. And then just... She swells up a bit, goes backwards, and then... Explodes. <laughs> and then John gets covered in some goop, and he's like, ugh. He has pieces raining everywhere. He's like, along came a spider. Exploded beside her. <laughs> Just... <laughs> and so, yeah, then we fade out, and we cut to... <laughs> we cut to the kitchen, and Naranti's cooking up something. <laughs> and Rigel's like, you know, this is the best spider soup I've ever eaten. <laughs> Oh, God. Eat what you kill. This isn't the first time, though. This isn't the first time they, like, beat an enemy and then ate them. Oh, right. That's true. This isn't the first time. No, it was... It was Home on the Remains. They did They did the same thing with the, um... It was, like, the, the big dog beast thing that they killed and ate in that episode. Yeah. Well, at least that was a dog. This was an actual sentient creature. <laughs> this is a sentient, yeah. Mm. This is sort of cannibalism. <laughs> Ethically gray area. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, she was going to eat them in a way. Oh, God. Okay. Uh... It's an eater be eating the universe out well, there. So you don't want to eat too many carnivores because, you know, prion <laughs> diseases and stuff like yeah. that, you know? I, mean, I don't think they eat that many carnivores. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of, there was a lot of spider. Also, this one technically doesn't eat flesh. So. Guess not. Actually, that's true. Yeah, good point. It eats the um, the energy off them. So yeah, okay. <laughs> Cooking up the spiders, like, mm, this is the best spider soup I've ever had, which implies that he's had other spider soup dishes. Which is fine, as long as they weren't, like, sentient. Soup. I don't know, I wouldn't put it past Rigel or Hynerians oh, yeah, no. to kill and eat sentient spiders. And Dargo's like, you know, well, I haven't had any spider soup before, but this is really good. This is nice. <laughs> like, what the hell? Just eating the bad guy, sure. Well, in a way, they paid for the bad guy, so might as well get something out of it. <laughs> well, they found the, the the ship, right? So I assume they got all their credits back. Oh, good point. Yeah. Free charts. And so uh, Naranti's like, are you feeling your old selves? And Rigel's trying to take some more food, and Dargo's like, well, he seems back to normal. And Rigel's like, well, what about you? Are you feeling angry again? And Dargo just leans in, smiles, and, do you want me to show you how angry I am right now? <laughs> He's like, uh. <laughs> and so we cut to uh, Sikozu and Scorpius in Scorpius's chamber. And she says to him, like, which is worse? 
Having us see that you're half Scarron, or remembering it yourself... Scorpius basically says, look, I know what I am. But this incident was simply a fortuitous, though troubling, reminder. Mm. It's like, well, okay. She says to him, if you want my help, then the price is inclusion and honesty. So, yeah. Be honest about who you are, about what you are, and what you're capable of. I like this, actually, because Sekozu says, dude, if we are going to work together, open up. Mm. Let me in. I mean, also, it was indirect, but again, Scorpius saves the day. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. As bait. And so the next scene, the final scene of the episode, starts out with Aaron sat down in the corridor and holding one of the uh, roots, one of the poppers, and John comes up to her. And she says to him, like, do you have any idea what you've done? He says, like, you won the coin toss, but we lost, didn't we? She says, and he responds, like, look, Aaron, it's over. It's just over, move on. And she's like, no, is your mind so full of this crap that you can't even see straight? And he just keeps saying, like, move on. It's over. I did a dumb thing. I'm an idiot. Fine, move on. Yeah, we're done. And she says, like, I did everything I could to keep us together. I did exactly what you told me to do. And the whole time you've been cheating. And he's like, yes, I've been cheating. Okay, just move on. It's done. It's like, no, you listen to me. Like, I'll tell you what you're going to do now. You're going to stop taking this. And and he interrupts. It's like, just shut up. Because she says, like, don't you tell me to shut up. No, just give me a moment. Pilot. I think my comms are acting up. Could you do a check? Pilot says, uh, yes, Commander, but that will take comms offline for about 30 microns. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's fine. And so Pilot does that. Comms go offline. Okay, listen to me. <laughs> turns to Aaron's like, okay, Scorpius is here. He's looking for the key to what's inside my head. Neural chips, Aurora chair, threatening Earth. None of it works. And Aaron does interrupt him at one point saying like, no, stop using him as an, as an excuse. It's like, no, look, none of all that stuff works. None of what he's tried before has worked because he doesn't understand me. You are the key. You're my Achilles. You. If he figures it out, then the world that all that's in it is nothing. He will use you and the baby and I will not be able to stop him. And she's like, you've taken so much of this stuff. that Look at you. You've grown paranoid. Yeah, you think he's been using the comms? Like, it's paranoid. And then... You know, right on cue, Scorpius yeah. comes and says, like, Pilot, are we having a problem with the comms? And Pilot's like, I was just testing them, Scorpius. They appear to be functioning normally. And both Aaron and... Or Aaron looks up and is like, Oh, no. <laughs> that he mentions that specifically now. Mm-hmm. So she seems like she actually believes John. Yeah, because Scorpius was the first person to... Apparently, he suddenly noticed that the comms weren't working just as it was he's the first person to notice it like he was using them and so they both look at each other Aaron and john and now that the comms are back on or back functional they're not open but scorpius is listening in they're like so it's over then (laughs) and john's like yeah it is it's over there's nothing more between us yeah she says nothing and he says with a smile on his face nothing and we cut back to her and it's like right and she's smiling as well she's grinning And they're like, nothing. There's nothing between us anymore. While they're smiling and then they go in for a kiss. Yeah. And that's the end of the episode. Oh, I love that. Because suddenly I'm like, oh, that's what you were doing, John. Okay, (laughs) you're less of an asshole than I thought you were. Still an asshole, but less of definitely. He could have pulled this trick and tell her episodes ago. Oh, yeah. On Earth, they could have had this talk. Yeah, Scorpius couldn't listen to them through the wormhole. No. (laughs) <laughs> he could have easily told her this on Earth. But he was dealing with a lot of other things when he was back on Earth. That's fair. But still, it's like, 
Aaron was very pushing the point. It's like, okay. Then the Screeth attacked, and that was a whole thing. That's fair. Remember that when they were, like, about to have a moment, and then the Screeth attacked? Yeah, actually, that could have very well been the moment that John wanted to tell her. Exactly. So, alright, that was Twice Shy. Um, I actually, I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, me too. I was surprised at how much character stuff they packed in, because I saw the synopsis, I was like, okay, it's Monster of the Week. But they did so much character work by defining and removing traits from people. Yeah, because the monster's effect becomes a character study. Because first of all, we see their most strong emotions Mm. hyped up. Almost like we're looking back at season one, as you said. (laughs) And then it's removed. And we see, like, what are these people without their strongest trait? That's And like we said, I think the only disappointing part of that bit was that they decided that sex drive was chiana's strongest yeah. trait which is yeah arguably not the case i think no. I, th- I feel like there's a pretty good argument to be made that it is not the case and it's rebelliousness and making it her sex drive is a bit reductive it's weird because then it does make her a level-headed person for the rest of the episode yeah. when there isn't one but that doesn't actually accomplish anything because she doesn't really lead the no. team she's the person that picks up on it but i feel that like Aaron could have done that. I feel like it could have been down to anyone else. Sikosi or Naranti could have also done it. Yeah. So, like I said, it was not a huge problem. It's maybe like a lot underdeveloped character study of Chiana. But then the rest of the episode where Chiana decides to help this person rather than turn her away, that does do some character work for Chiana. So Mm -hmm. it kind of balances out, I guess. Yeah. But so, I mean, and I will say that Paula Arundel, who plays Talika, does a very good job. Yeah. She, she switches between those different reflections, you know, the different when she's interacting with different characters. I don't think it's so much a reflection as that she's doing something that draws that specific emotion even more to the surface. Because in, in Dargo's case, she's not reflecting, I feel. I feel like it's somewhere between because it's very clearly a reflection when she's with John. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but being happy draws out somebody else's happiness. True, I suppose so. Yeah, okay. It, they, it's one of those things they don't make explicit. But yeah, she does a great job. And uh, then when we switch to her being the just the predator, and that kind of... I like that she's just, like, cold and just like, you're prey, I eat. Yes. I'm gonna hunt you. Circle of life. Do you feel bad when you eat a steak? No. Yeah, it's like it's not like the over-the-top evil character. No. So yeah, this was this was a good episode. I I enjoyed it quite a lot. What rating do you want to put on it? Before we go into rating, there is one thing I am so sad they didn't do with this episode. What's that? Because we never see Scorpius without his Scarron side. Oh, we don't like have the flip side of that. No. Well, I feel like that's what Scorpius is like all the time. But imagine if Scorpius had like even if it, in in some way it actually shows physically that his makeup is less uh, severe or just nah. can i finish this thought yeah sure go go on then he's reluctant to take it back because he's like his hate of hatred of scarens <sighs> is so bad is that too a bit of a cliche that's a bit of a cliche i think definitely i wouldn't want like his makeup to change no okay that's fair also i definitely think that scorpius without his scarens side is how he presents himself like 90 percent of the time that's that's what he's constantly trying to suppress is his scarron side that's fair and we saw that way back in season one where he like turns it on and go and attacks Krace. because that voice that he uses that's not his natural voice no that's true his natural voice is guttural it's like and his normal like hello i'm scorp that's he's putting that on constantly Mm. so scorpius without his scarron side is just 
the Scorpius that we see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would that would have been too subdued to make uh, to be clear. Yeah. You know how to rationalize what does happen to Scorpius? The aspect that she takes away from him is control. Ooh. No, no, no. That doesn't work because he loses control before she harvests him. Amping up his Scarron side. True. Yeah. Okay. That would have worked if he turned into that afterwards mm. that would have been way better he's completely in control when she amps up his control and when she takes it away then the scaring comes out mm. okay well anyway let's put a rating on this episode i'm interested to see because watching it i was like i actually feel like i might rate this pretty highly yeah me as well because it's like it's a monster of the week but it does it well and it does something interesting with the characters, so... I feel pretty good giving it a 4 out of 5. Yeah, me as well. There are those few bits, I think, definitely if they had taken a different approach to Chiana's character... Mm -hmm. Definitely. Then we could, you know, then that would have made the episode better. But yeah. Also, what about the direction they're going with John and Aaron now? I like this. Because, like... Okay, yes, they are getting together, but they have to do it secretly because if Scorpius finds out, he will use it against John. God, this is going to be so high school, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, like hiding in closets, making out. No, no, it's fine. We no, were just uh, just checking the uh, filter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Scorpius would be like, hmm. Scorpius would never fall for that, by the way. <laughs> no, that's what I'm worried about, actually, is that Scorpius is too damn smart. If he figures it out, mm. oh, yeah, it's going to be interesting pieces of drama. Also, that that contrast between Scorpius has been proving his usefulness, but John still never trusted him and was paranoid and was right. It's heavily implied that he was right. Yes. Yeah. So, like, we've been getting used to Scorpius being part of the crew. This end of the episode was a reminder that he still has his goals that he is going to try and achieve. Yeah, he's not hes not fully on the good guy's side. Scorpius is not your friend. He's an ally at best, right now, because it suits him. Don't forget that. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah, this was a good episode. I was very pleasantly surprised, I would say. What do we have next week? So, up next we have Mental as Anything. Okay. So, okay, so what happens is, here's the brief synopsis. Scorpius mm-hmm. takes Moya's male crew members to a place where they will receive special training. While Crichton is subjected to conditions that will help him fend off Scarron heat, Dargo comes face to face with... Oh, this is a spoiler. Face to face with someone from his past. Oh. But that person has a surprise of their own. Oh. You'll have to f- wait until next week to find out what it is. Haha, <laughs> suspense. I'm interested. Hey, Red, how do you keep someone in suspense? I don't know. Got him. <laughs> That's the joke. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we'll be back next week with that. Um, but yeah, that's going to be it from us this week. Uh, thank you for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Looking forward to next week. Yeah, looking forward to next week. All right, so until then, you can find us around the web on Twitter at CarmelHatsRed. At RedNightmare7. Don't forget, go to CarmelHats.co.uk for links to uh, previous episodes, RSS feeds, iTunes, and the Patreon, which supports this podcast, patreon.com forward slash can't wear hats. All right, that's it from us. We'll see you next time. Have a good week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, Red, remember that scene with Sokoza in the fan room? Mm-hmm. You want to know how expensive the special effects were? Oh, yeah, please. Cost him an arm and a leg. Oh, quite expensive. An arm and a leg. Yeah. Um, 
Also, when she went in there, she met her biggest fan. I don't think Talika was a fan of hers, actually. Red, are you okay? Something's wrong about you. No, I'm fine. Oh, no, they've taken away your biggest trait. You're not getting annoyed at these jokes. Okay, let's let's see. Um, You know what Talika's job was before she came on board? No. She was a web developer. Do they have the internet in Farscape? Oh, God, this is serious. We have to get you to a doctor right now. I don't see what the problem is. 